It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. You know, I'm the talent. Right, of course. Except I'm the talent. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. It is a very special extended home stretch here on the Guy Benson Show, Monday edition. Podcast free every day on demand. GuyBensonShow.com. Other ways to get it as well. Of course, we tell you all about them all the time. I'll be on special report coming up in the next hour on the panel with Brett Bayer and company. Looking forward to that. We'll see you on Fox News Channel. By the way, I do have to say that soccer is now officially gone for the next four years, at least as far as I'm concerned. Team USA losing to the Netherlands on Saturday morning. And so we can now just sort of fold up shop on soccer until 2026 if Team USA makes it to the World Cup. And I know my soccer fan friends were mad at me because I was tweeting about this and posting about how boring this was for me. And they can try to convince me that this was exciting and fun. It's just not going to work. Team USA played four games, resulting in two ties. They scored a total of three goals in those four games. And then they were bounced in the first knockout game that they had. And, of course, there was that scintillating 0-0 tie against England. So bye-bye soccer. I flipped the channel straight over to American football, Big 12 championship game, lots of excitement there. The playoff is now set, and that's the football that we will be focused on here when we talk sports on the Guy Benson Show. We had the games on, the SEC championship game, then the Big 10 championship game, won by Georgia and Michigan respectively on Saturday evening. And Georgia and Michigan will be one and two in the top four playoff, rounded out by TCU and Ohio State. Both of those games were on in the background at our Christmas party over the weekend. We told you about it repeatedly on the show. We were building up to the big party, annual tradition. This was by far our biggest one ever. It was right on the verge at its peak, I would say right around 10 p.m. At its peak, it was on the verge of being too crowded. A few more people, if they had shown up, I would have said, okay, that's too much. But we kept it just Beneath that threshold, had a great time. We love seeing so many people. Some friends of mine surprised me. They came in from out of town, Mitch and Carolyn. I just had a fabulous night. It's a lot. It is definitely a bit of a blowout bash, but we love it that way, and we are just so happy that so many people came and had a great time, including producer Christine, her husband Bobby, and Quiet Wyatt. They were all there for a good long period of time, although they showed up later than I was expecting. And apparently... There's a whole series of stories about producer Christine's evening before the party, perhaps even after the party, and I haven't heard some of these stories. I know there was something involving her purse that she alleged had been stolen. Spoiler alert, it had not. And a few other things. And we're going to get into perhaps some of those details from Wyatt and maybe Christine, who's a less reliable source, I would say, on this, given she's sort of the subject of some of the stories and controversies and drama. But we can't get to that today. We will try to get to that tomorrow or later in the week. We should start making a list of stuff that we need to address in these home stretch segments this week, because from what I understand, there's a lot to unpack. What we need to do today is talk about a mystery that has arisen from the Christmas party. And so for now, just for the moment, The Guy Benson Show is going to become a true crime podcast. Dan? It was late on Saturday night when a very disturbing development was brought to my attention as the party was winding down. Unlike last year, it seemed, we had avoided a major catastrophic red wine spill on one of our white couches, although there had been other spills, apparently, I found out later. And then, at the very last minute, when I thought we were in the clear, boom. A big, you might even say blood, red stain was pointed out on a very strange portion of one of our couches. How did it get there? Who done it? 
That is the subject of intense dispute, disagreement, finger-pointing, fear, frankly. Adam, my husband, posted on his Instagram stories a reference to this mystery. And then the responses from partygoers started flowing in. People accusing other people. People claiming innocence. People trying to help us get to the bottom of what happened on that fateful evening. Now, it's interesting. On the drive in today, I called my best friend, Mary Catherine Ham, who was at the party. She did, in fact, have some red wine. I saw it. But she is also eight-plus months pregnant. She said, feel free to put me on your list of possible suspects since I was, A, sitting on the couch, and, B, drinking red wine. She said, but as you know, I drank very little red wine because I'm pregnant. One glass. She said, I would not waste my single glass of wine on a spill. I said, okay, yeah, that makes sense. There are a number of persons of interest, you might say, in this saga. One of them is a name well-known to many of you. In fact, she and I will be on the panel tonight together on Brett Bayer. Maybe I'll confront her. Katie Pavlich was in the vicinity. And perhaps quite incriminatingly, had some red wine stains on her white outfit. A spill had happened. Was it her? Now, we got a text message from Katie Pavlich later that evening informing us that a spill had happened, that some people might think it was her, but in fact that it was not her. On one hand, I trust Katie Pavlich implicitly. She tells the truth. She does not mess around. She is an honest, trustworthy person. So my inclination is to believe her. On the other hand, could this be a smelt-it-delt-it situation where she was sort of admitting that she knew about something but disclaiming any further culpability, perhaps? Another person of interest, I'm just going to throw this out there, is my very own husband, Adam. Oh, Now, why do I say that? Adam, famously within our house, does not like our couch. He talks a lot about having to replace that couch. I don't want to do it. I like the couch. Couches are expensive. I don't want to spend the money. He whines about the couch, I would say, at least on a monthly basis. What better excuse than to ruin it further with a big red wine stain to prove yet again that it's time to upgrade the couch and maybe get a different color? He had motive. He had means. But did he have opportunity? As it turns out, and I have since confirmed this, he was already asleep by the time the spill occurred. You see, he had a flight the next morning, early. Tactical mistake, by the way. You're throwing a huge party. You got a flight to go to work the next day. Mm. Glad that wasn't me. I was up far too late because of Cat Timpf. Another story added to the list, Wyatt, for later in the week. The Cat Timpf effect. She is a bad influence, actually, in some ways. A great and awful influence at the same time. But apparently, by the time the crime occurred, Adam was asleep in bed. So he has an alibi. Which brings us to another person of interest. You might even call her the prime suspect. Producer Cookie Christine. We will confront her right after this break. We are back. It's an extended home stretch, true crime edition here on The Guy Benson Show as we are trying to get to the bottom of an outrageous red wine spill. And as I said before the break, we have someone in our sights, and it's producer Christine. I, uh, during this time of season, I like to go buy Christmas cookie, please. You can identify however you'd like, Christine, but here at The Guy Benson Show, true crime podcast, We don't really cater to the whims of our suspects. 
Now, here's the thing. Christine, by the end of the party, how can I put this? Christine was feeling no pain. She was pretty, pretty happy to the point that it took several of us quite a few minutes of cajoling to get her out and then to pour her into the Uber with Bobby to head back to the hotel. She had a very lovely time, had made the rounds, chatting with everyone. She was a hit with some of my friends. They're like, now, who is that person again? Is that your producer? Do you work with her? She was having fun. I'm like, oh, I don't doubt it. And she and I chatted a little bit, mostly earlier in the evening upon her arrival, and then again at the very end when we were trying to basically lure her out of the house because it was well past time for her to start to sleep it off and maybe get some water into the system, for example. And I would not have guessed that Christine would be on the list of possible suspects here. I mean, in fairness, yes, I probably would have, but I did not see her on the couch over the course of the evening. She was usually standing, often out in the tent on the back patio. So I'm not sure if she was in the vicinity, so to speak. However, I learned something very interesting over the course of my investigations. Wyatt, maybe you can help me with this. Is it true that producer Christine was responsible for multiple spills of red wine over the course of the evening including one on my husband and another on the aforementioned Katie Pavlich. Wyatt, is this true? Did Christine spill twice on people? Um, my inclination is just to plead the fifth, but... No, I- this is... That's the amendment that allows you to avoid self-incrimination... I'm not asking you about you. I'm asking you about someone else as a direct eyewitness, and the witness will answer the question. There were multiple spilling of the wine by a certain someone, Mm. but all that I can remember was only on a person once, then on a surface that was not the couch, I can confirm was not the couch, but was on another surface, so... Okay, so Christine, what is your recollection? Am I allowed to jump in here? Because I actually do have all recollection of this. Oh, I doubt that very much, but please plead your case. I did spill some of, I bumped into Wyatt near the Christmas tree, and wine did spill. I immediately, and Wyatt can confirm, went over, got paper towel, and cleaned the spill up. Is that correct, Wyatt? Can confirm that did indeed happen. I also went to take a picture or I put my arm around your husband and there might have been a little spillage. It was not red wine at that point. I think I had white wine because I remember patting him down with more paper towel and showing him, look, it's not red wine. It's just white wine. Wyatt? Christine, I, from my knowledge of my recollection, recollections, that was indeed red wine. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, so that is a that is just a false memory that she shared. Or you might even call it a lie. What other stories and fables do you have for us, Christine? I also remember that after the spillage of the red wine on the floor and I cleaned it up, I looked at Bobby and I said, it's time to go home. And he goes, yep. And he called an Uber. And I can confirm that I was out of your house by 11.35 p.m. That is when the Uber picked us up. What about the Katie Pavlich spill? I, The only thing I asked Bobby about this, and he said, I didn't know you spilled on her. He's like, I thought you, she had a drink down on the table, and I thought as we were leaving, you grabbed it to take a sip. And we all said to you, that's not your drink. Like, I was trying to take her drink. So maybe when I put it down, I have no recollection of spilling anything. And if I did— Because she had this beautiful white top. Yeah, so I would like to text her right now and apologize because if I did, that's crazy because I remember she had such a gorgeous—she looked beautiful, stunning. Yeah, So it looked like someone had stabbed her by the end. Really? And it turns out that that was you. So she confirmed that. She said that I spilled on her. I shall quote from the text message. When I got up to leave, I noticed there was a wine spill on your couch. It looked like it was me because I was the last person sitting there. 
but I assure you I did not spill on your couch. Either way, it looked like I did the crime. It looked really bad, but I'm pleading not guilty. I think your neighbors thought it was me since my shirt had wine all over it from Christine earlier in the night. End quote. That's from Katie Pavlich. Another what? Gap in your memory, Christine? Earlier in the night, I didn't even get there until like almost 8 30, 9 o'clock. I remember saying well, that's hello. Still to hours. Her. Yeah, there was, we were there. I don't know. I just wrote to her because I feel terrible and I would like to pay for her dry cleaning. I'm not, listen, if I make a mistake with alcohol, I am the first to fess up to it. I'm the first to offer to clean or make amends. So I just offered to pay for it. All right, so let me ask you directly then. Producer Cookie Christine, do you deny spilling the wine on the couch? I 199.99999 whatever percent deny spilling wine on the couch. Elsewhere, yes. Wait, did you just downgrade from 100% to 99.99%? Is that what you just did? Yeah, well, you always have to just be careful when one is inebriated. (laughs) I've learned so you're my lesson. Leaving open, you're leaving open just a fractional possibility that you did do it. I have to leave it. Despite your yes. vociferous denial. Put aside money just in case I have to pay you. Yes. Well, really we're going to continue. Really comfortable with Wyatt because I really didn't leave Wyatt's side much of the night. So I really feel comfortable um, putting out there. that I could have possibly spilled on Katie and I feel awful. I definitely spilled on the floor. Clean that up. Don't think spilled I ever on spilled on the couch. Oh, you yeah, yeah, I spilled on Adam. Yep, yep. What you spilled on Adam. So there was a lot of spilling going on. Now, could this be Christine admitting, confessing, if you will, to a number of smaller crimes in order to deny the larger crime oh. as a deflection, as a strategy? That is what criminals sometimes do. I know this because I watch Law & Order and other shows, and I listened to Serial back when that was a big thing. So I don't know. We are going to continue to investigate this matter aggressively. We take crimes like this extremely seriously here at The Guy Benson Show. And I'm actually being told we have an update in real time. Christine, what do you have? I do. I guess it's true. We can confirm. I did spill wine on poor Katie and her beautiful outfit. So I wrote and I said, I would like to send you a Venmo for the dry cleaning. She's very sweet, and she said, oh, my God, please don't worry about it. It's all good. It was so great to see you. Always such a fun time. All right, so that's lovely, very classy, high road from Katie. And the fact that you did not remember doing that and also got another crucial detail wrong about spilling on Adam and did not 100% deny the couch spill, I think you are still a person of interest, if not the prime suspect, but this requires more scrutiny, and it will get it. So to be continued. That concludes today's episode of The Guy Benson Show. Tune into Special Report tonight with myself and Katie Pavlich and others on Fox News Channel in the next hour. And we'll be back here tomorrow, same time, same place. Home stretch. Christmas time here on the Guy Benson Show. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. Podcast free every single day on demand. No charge to you. Up here in New York for the rest of the week. Lots of TV duties ahead. Gutfeld, America's Newsroom, America Reports, Kudlow, Kennedy, Martha McCallum, all on the calendar between now and Friday. So we will try to keep you posted on those various appearances as the week unfolds. More importantly, we have to get back to a topic that we broached yesterday in an extra special extended home stretch where we have turned the Guy Benson show into a true crime, truth-seeking exercise. In case you missed part one of The Spill yesterday, here's part of what you missed. This holiday season, one Christmas party was changed forever. When I thought we were in the clear, boom, a big red stain on a very strange portion of one of our couches. Many suspects, one witness. 
there were multiple spilling of the wine by a certain someone. This is a prepaid call from Christmas Covey, an inmate at the county correctional facility. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. Who can you believe? From the team that brought you sloshing around the Christmas tree. A Guy Benson Show original, The Spill. So good. Props to Dan, our engineer, for putting that together. Christine being in county lockup for this crime is my favorite part by far. It's so good. I sent that last night to some friends. People were dying. So I sent the link of yesterday's homestretch to a lot of people who were at the party. Adam, my husband, put it on his social media as well. We have gotten a huge amount of feedback from people who were there, people who were at the party. I will tell you that I've heard from producer Christine badgering me for updates. I have, of course, stonewalled and stiff-armed those requests because we will not comment on the progress of an ongoing investigation. Wouldn't be prudent. Also, I did personally witness witness tampering. Producer Christine making threats of Quiet Wyatt, who was one of the witnesses to this whole situation. Having previously threatened him, I believe, last week, suggesting that if he told me something unrelated to this particular crime, the red wine spill on our white couch at the Christmas party, this was something else, if he told me something, he would end up where Carousel did, at a garbage dump in Staten Island, dead. As we all know, Christine was responsible for that, even as a child, which is kind of blood-curdling. So Christine is in detention right now. As the prime suspect, I'm not sure if she's been charged yet with this felony. This late night wine spill on our couch at this party, following a series of other spills involving wine over the course of the evening that we addressed yesterday. I will give you a few updates because my investigations continued last night and also today. More text messages, more DMs on social media from friends who were there, people who thought they saw something. And this is very much a see something, say something scenario. Like my messages are open if you have information that could lead to the conviction of the person responsible for this. My next door neighbor, in fact, tantalizingly, having listened to the entire home stretch yesterday, texted Adam and me saying that he has very important information about what happened, but will not divulge that information because, effectively, snitches get stitches. Apparently, he knows what happened to Carousel. He doesn't want to end up where she ended up. So there is someone who lives right near me who knows, I think, what happened, but won't say out of fear, out of fear, which gives you a sense, I think, of how ruthless the offender must be. I also learned something very interesting because on our show planning call earlier, I guess Christine was able to join from lockup. She said that she might not ever again come to one of our Christmas parties. She might boycott the Christmas parties from now on because of all of these accusations. She said to me that I'm supposed to be her best friend, and yet I'm treating her at best as a person of interest, if not the prime suspect in this matter. And I said, well, am I really your best friend? Because I received yet another note from another attendee at the party who said that Christine told her that she was now her new best friend at the party. And Christine said, in fact, that did happen, but she does not remember the name, identity, or even really the appearance of that person. But she did remember making a new best friend. So, Christine, would you like to comment on any of this so far, including this somewhat mysterious new best friend of yours? I just remember she was just a blast and I really would like if now that I know that you know who it is to give me her information because we decided that we were going to be best friends that night and I would like to start the relationship but shouldn't I give her instead one of the business cards that Bobby had printed up where you do things drunkenly and then he hands people a business card saying all of the plans and promises are null and void because my wife won't remember this I feel like that's what probably needs to go to this young woman 
But I didn't, I made a lifetime commitment. Wow. I didn't just make a plan. And also, I have to tell you, I had brought one of those cards with me because I brought a bottle of champagne as a, a great guest that I am. And I was planning on putting that, taping it to the box, and I completely forgot. You forgot about yeah. it. Or did well, you have to I, give it out earlier in the night to the other best friends that you made in your Uber, at the restaurant? Apparently, you were <laughs> uh, really a gal out on the town before the party. You know, mama needed to let loose. <laughs> mm, you know, mama, mama did. I do want to reveal something. This is one of those true crime reveals. A little twist and turn. The young woman that you made new best friends with on Saturday night in her messages to me did speak highly of you, did say that she enjoyed her time chatting with you immensely, does want to be in touch, but also leveled an accusation. Oh, no. Bestie. Guess who else you spilled on on Saturday night? On her? Yes, you did. That's, that's very possible. She was that's wearing exactly. red, so yes, she said it I... wasn't too bad, but you spilled red wine on her. So I believe this is now the fourth documented spill that you personally are responsible for. However, with that being said... Those were all misdemeanors. The point of this investigation is to bring to justice the person responsible for the felony of the huge spill on the couch cushion. And Christine, I must inform you that I am officially clearing you of this crime. I knew it! <laughs> I've are, never been so happy. You are not guilty. <laughs> and part of the reason I know that you're not guilty, tragically actually is that your alibi is basically the same as my husband's, which is when the spill happened, you were already gone. And I got a screenshot of your Uber with a timestamp of when we poured you into that car and sent you on your way. It was based on our timeline that we have put together extensively and very thoroughly here. It was before the felony occurred. So guilty on multiple misdemeanor charges of spillage, but not on this one. And therefore, number one, Christine, you're off the hook for the felony. And then secondly, this is now officially an unsolved mystery. But I do want to say this. Someone is out there who did this, and I would like to appeal directly to the offender. You know who you are. You know that you did this. You know that you had a nice time at the party, things got out of control, and you did something that you didn't mean to do. I need you to turn yourself in. I need you to confess. I will let you know, I will have everyone know that we very quickly, thanks to the fast action of a number of our party goers, got the cushion cover off the couch into the washing machine since dried and it looks good as new. The stain is gone. This is not a permanent, does not have to be a permanent stain on your record. And I'm allowing a brief period of amnesty. If you would like to come and confess, all will be forgiven, but you need to come forward because at some point, Someone saw something, and we will find out, and there will be consequences unless you come to us first. Privately, text message, DM, your choice. But the clock starts now. This unsolved mystery needs to be solved, preferably by you. If not, we will continue down this path, pursuing this mission until justice is done. And with that, Christine, I would love to get your reaction to your vindication. As, have, as we have now sent someone to county jail to come release you, we've, we've now told the relevant local authorities that they got the wrong cookie. Well, I just would like to thank my fellow inmates who now are all my new besties. Um, I decided to have my own holiday party with those ladies because they were defending me the entire time. What is this, like Orange is the New Black season eight? <laughs> Could you imagine? I, I feel like I would do well in prison. I'm not even joking here. I feel like I actually would do well in prison. What do you think? I, I guess that's a whole other topic. That is a very different topic. 
and I don't necessarily agree, but maybe we can all find out. Nope, nope, Like nope. We could all get a little respite. Bobby could get a breather. You get three square meals a day. You know, I mean, it's it's something to consider. But anyway, go on. Uh, I need the contact of my new best friend. Because, hey, I got to apologize. She was wearing a beautiful, I remember, it was like a red velvet outfit. It was mm-hmm. really, really It's all nice. coming back to you now. Yeah, it's all. And here's the thing. This is what I want to do. A, your neighbor, love that person. That they would not even snitch, even if they know. So, love that. But here's the one thing. I'm going to defend the spiller. Because guess what, guy? The spiller may not know they're the spiller. Do you get what I mean? Uh, yeah, I do, but I think they know. I think if you spill probably a full glass of red wine on a white couch, you know that that happened. You remembered at least half of your spills. You forgot about one of them completely. You misremembered another one. I've now reminded you of yet another one, which you're now, I guess, suddenly recalling. I mean, of course you're going to defend a spiller because you yourself are a serial spiller, as it turns out. Just not the one that this true crime mystery is about. Right. And I'm going to leave you with this. If you only had vodka there, none of this would have been a problem. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and now I'll leave you with this. Because of what happened, and also some other red wine stains on another rug on our main floor, Adam and I are having a very serious conversation now about ceasing all service of red wine at future parties. I think it's a good idea. White wine, bubbly, Clear liquors, that's it. No red wine. I don't know. I like red wine so much, especially around Christmas time. I'm not sure I'm pulling the trigger, but we're at least thinking about it because we've had back-to-back incidents, multiple incidents, over the last two years. So it's something that is now under consideration. Are you going to continue following through with this threat to never come again to a Christmas party, or are you back I, in the fall? I, I think that I'm actually going to have my own Christmas holiday party on the same day. That could solve a lot of problems, actually. <laughs> Can I get that in writing? Wyatt and Dan, you make your choice. You oh, make I, your choice now. I think that's an easy choice. I think that's a very easy choice. Unless they're scared of someone who has been supposedly vindicated, allegedly innocent, but ruthless and potentially combustible, nevertheless. I feel now, so good right now. I feel so good right now of something I knew. Now I know how, I know how innocent people feel when they're wrongly convicted. It is a horrible feeling. Well, you were just wrongly accused, I think understandably and plausibly accused in this case, but it turns out wrongly accused of this. The search goes on, but don't let this feeling sink in too much because later in the week we are going to discuss other elements of your evening that have not been talked about yet on the air. I know Wyatt is very eager to do that, and we will, but not tonight because we are out of time. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place, on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas, have a great night, and Christine, enjoy your newfound freedom. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show on this Wednesday. As I mentioned earlier, I'll be on Gutfeld tonight. Could get interesting, as usual. GuyBensonShow.com for our free podcast on demand. Okay, we need to wrap up a few things here, some loose ends on the spill. And we won't dwell too much on this because we just don't want to flog it to death like we did, for example, the Backstreet Boys storyline when I was going to that concert and then Christine was going to the concert and so on and so forth. I have a few updates. Number one, Christine was telling us earlier that when I cleared her of the main spill, we found out that she did like four or five other spills during the party, but not the couch spill. When I exonerated her on the air last night, she said she felt like she had actually just been acquitted in a court of law. Like she was like crying, hugging her attorneys, waving at her family. You're free to go. So she's back with us now, no longer in lockup, no longer in the county facility. You can tell by the quality of her microphone. I'm feeling good today. Feeling good. Meanwhile, we did our two-part The Spill true crime drama on the last two shows. My colleagues at townhall.com who were at the party, they got wind of this. They listened to the entire thing, both parts, out loud in the office today. They said productivity at townhall.com in the newsroom ground to a halt. They listened to the entire home stretch 
from Monday and Tuesday, and now there's this big inquisition happening at the office where everyone's blaming each other. And one of my colleagues said they might start waterboarding each other to get to the truth. So they are deep in the weeds on this. And, of course, quite a few of them were at the party, several of them quite late. Maybe one of them is the spiller, not the cereal spiller, which is Christine, but this particular spiller. Last but not least, this new best friend, quote-unquote, that Christine met at the party, one of our friends who was at the house, she didn't remember really anything about her because she was, well, she was feeling it. I think we got the point after the few, past few days. Yeah, that's right. And I figured out who the person was, who this new best friend was, who Christine also spilled on, by the way. And I was going to come on the air today and say, I am not going to divulge who the person is to Christine because this individual had sent me a note of a screenshot of her phone. Christine had entered her phone number into this girl's phone at the party. And guess what she called herself in the contact listing? Christine Benson. (laughs) Which is so unbelievably disturbing. That is what she put in this girl's phone. Christine Benson. So I was going to say, if this person wants to reach out, she has the ability to do so. But I was not going to subject her to Christine myself. And then, literally in the commercial break before this segment, Christine. She texted me. I am so happy right now. And guess what? She said that, yes, I did spill on her. (laughs) But it's quite okay because she once spilled a whole pot of coffee at a brunch after espresso martinis. She had. I feel like her and I are soulmates. Well, congratulations. And she told me that she's ready for the lifetime commitment. She's all in. Great. That is a lot of pressure and inconvenience off of many of us, actually. I'm so so happy right now. I'm just so happy. Just best to you both. Best of luck. Cheers. Speaking of cheers. Before you started drinking on Saturday, this is what we now need to move to. I was told there was some saga involving your purse that created an actual issue to the point that your husband, Bobby, was genuinely upset with you. Let's bring Wyatt in here because he is, after all, the witness to all things. Wyatt, were you present for the purse stuff? No, I was not. But, I mean, I did get a phone call. So we were supposed to go out to dinner before the party, and we did. A little bit later than expected because Christine called and or Christine Benson called. And <laughs> no, we're not doing that. It's not a thing. And she called and she's like, I'm going to be a little bit late. I, someone stole my purse screaming on the other on the other line saying someone stole my purse. And then I just hear Bobby in the background and then she hangs up. All right. So there's been this is the first of apparently several crimes that happened that night. Christine's purse was stolen in Washington, D.C. We've been talking about the crime problem in our nation's capital here on the show now for a while. So, Christine, when did you discover that your purse was stolen, and what was your reaction? So what happened was uh, Bobby had gotten an Uber. We were waiting outside the hotel to, to get the Uber to meet Wyatt. And I looked down at my velvet pants, and I noticed I had lint on them. So I said, Bobby, could you just run over to CVS and just get me a lint roller? So he ran over, got it. For me. And I had a bag for Wyatt as well. So I put the bag down and I'm rolling on the street, you know, not like rolling lint off the pants okay. on the street. And then that's actually an important clarification yes. because later on you were rolling on the street in a different <laughs> way. But please go on. So then the Uber comes. I grab the bag. I grab the lint roller and I get in the Uber and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I left my purse on the street. And so we get out of the Uber, well, Bobby does, and he's like, there's no purse over here. And I'm like, oh, I definitely left it. Because when I got off the elevator to get outside, 
um, I had a tag on somewhere, so I asked the front desk lady to cut it off of me, and then her and I got to talking because she like loved my outfit, and she was like, "You're good girlfriend." We were just talking, and then I go, "Oh, you know what? I left it at the front desk." So then Bobby ran in there. There was no purse, and then I thought it was stolen. You melted down. I mean, full on screaming down the street. My purse is stolen. Bobby's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's gone. Like, it, I had everything in there. Screaming. Crying. Uh, no, it takes a lot for me to cry. I don't really But cry. screaming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, full on meltdown. Okay. And did you contact the police? So, Bobby goes, let's just go upstairs and regroup for a second. And I said, okay. And I'm on the phone with Wyatt as we're walking into the hotel room. And I'm like, Wyatt, my purse was stolen. We're going to be late. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden I hear Bobby go, is this the purse that was stolen? And I just hung up on Wyatt. <laughs> because, in fact, the purse was not stolen. I never left the hotel You just it. left it in the hotel room. It was in the room. So then Bobby, who usually is pretty good with me, very good with me, um, very, uh, what would be the word? Patient. Patient. Usually thinks I'm a hoot. Uh, he put his head in his hands and he said to me, cause I started laughing about it and he goes, no, he goes, you need to give me a minute. He's like, seriously, don't talk. Just give me a second. I need to regroup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the worst part is, so we ran out of the Uber, just left. And then Bobby called another Uber, and it was the same guy that I was just <laughs> screaming. <laughs> That's awkward. That's very, very awkward. Very awkward. So then you met Wyatt. Yes. Wyatt, any other quick highlights from the pre-party segment of this evening? I mean, just having that phone call and being hung up on, I just just stopped for a moment and said, wow, it must be really bad. Because <laughs> I thought something was really bad, but then it turned out. It wasn't that bad. No, it was so just then, Christine. Yeah, and so then then we had dinner, and it was a fabulous dinner, and we had a, a few drinks pre pre party, and and Christine made friends with the with the manager at at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Multiple best friends were made. I heard. Yeah, his name is Ray, and we're gonna you know um, get in touch with each other. And and if he's in New York, he's gonna go out to dinner with me. And if I'm in D.C., he's gonna get me a good table at a couple places. There was a couple. Girls, Wyatt, that walked by, remember? One girl just out of nowhere was like, I love your top. And then her and I started talking. I made some friends at the bathroom. It was just, it was just, Mama was just out for the night. And it was fun. Mm. Until I was accused of a crime I did not do. Yeah, I mean, you did a bunch of other crimes, though. Very, very small crimes. You falsely accused someone else, unidentifiable, of stealing your purse, an actual crime. Then but I didn't spilled. actually accuse a person. I didn't point at someone and say, you stole I said, somebody stole it. Yeah, but you did spill multiple times. You were literally sloshing around the Christmas tree. In fact, you spilled red wine right next to the Christmas tree in the same exact spot that you did last year at the Christmas party. Can confirm. Yeah, sloshing around the Christmas tree isn't just like a joke. It is. No, it's It's real. a song rooted in reality and lived experience. You've got to, as a songwriter, you have to write what you know. And sloshing around the Christmas tree is real. And I'll just say, to put a pin in this conversation, the spill is still an unsolved mystery. And feel free to send any tips to Crime Stoppers because this one's going to stay with me for quite a long time. Is there a statute of limitations on confessing to you? Like, will you accept, like, a year from now, like, next holiday party someone's like remember last year when you had that no spill? no i want like this you have the grace moment as we were talking about with jesse earlier jesse tarloff that's now you can tell the truth now i don't want to find out later that's all i'm saying so much discussion of this damn christmas party including on gutfeld last night in my absence i'll be there tonight 11 p.m eastern on fox news we'll see if it comes up or not And with that, we'll be back here same time, same place on the radio tomorrow from New York. It's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show, Friday Eve edition from New York City. Yesterday really felt like Thursday to me all day. Now, today is Thursday. But tomorrow's Friday. That's the good news. 
GuyBensonShow.com, our website every day. Podcasts always free every day. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on the panel tonight with Kennedy on her program, Fox Business Network, in the 7 p.m. hour. I'll be on, I think, in multiple segments. And I just got a little text message invite. I'll be going back to her apartment afterwards for a little bite of dinner, a little tipple, and I will help her and her family decorate their Christmas tree. Isn't that a delight? I can't wait. But first, we have to talk about a few things here, including this story. A French court, they could never get anything wrong, could they, a French court? They've determined that companies cannot fire employees for not being fun or for skipping social gatherings. Because, you know, there's just like that person sometimes who's just a wet blanket and doesn't really want to be part of the team when it comes to group bonding and building experiences. I guess in the past, people were like, you know, let's just cut that person loose. We want a cohesive team that enjoys fun. But that's now illegal in France. So I do recommend that Dan maybe move to France because... Wow. Because he can't get fired for not showing up to fun stuff. <laughs> as was the case at our Christmas party. Which I we've, accept it. I accept we've it. Now beaten that down into the dirt, that whole topic. Except he was a yes and then a no. And I did hear that there's the Fox News broader Christmas party next week here in New York that I won't be here for because I'll be down in D.C. And Dan was talking about how he will be there. And I'm just saying, don't count on it. If you're banking on Dan being at this party wow. and your enjoyment of the party is going to be wrapped up in his presence, just brace for potential disappointment. Well, they offer bowling at this one. So, I, you know, I mean. Yeah, we, we offer true crime. <laughs> this is true. I did miss out on all of that, which I'm very sad about. And I'm not a suspect, which is great. You are not. That is the one plus. There is no question that you didn't do it. We're talking about the spill. If you missed it, listen to the previous episodes of the home stretch this whole week on the free podcast. Christine is also asking, as an inquiring mind, is there a law in France or elsewhere that prevents companies from firing employees who are too, quote unquote, fun? This was your top concern. Yes, uh, obviously. Weren't you supposed to be chief fun officer? Isn't that a topic that we had discussed earlier and we had suggested you could become chief fun officer? You don't remember what happened when we brought that? I brought that up all the way to the top of radio here. Yeah, you went to like our boss's boss's boss. Yeah, walked right into his office. Yeah, and said, hey, I want to be this. And I think he laughed you out of the office. Yeah, For some reason, when he sees me, he just starts laughing. Yeah, he bursts into laughter at the like side of you. all the time. But- that kind of makes your point about how fun you are. You bring laughter and joy to many. Uh, some may say I'm a blessing. Many people are saying. Well, one person in particular apparently is saying. I don't even know if my mother has ever said that to me, that I'm a blessing to her. Oh, I'd be surprised if she had. Maybe that's why you're so excited about this new friendship, because you're getting affirmation that you never got from your host or from your mother. Have you been talking to Roy? My dog? My therapist. Oh, are you still with him? I thought that was over. <laughs> I, yeah. thought we, I thought we discussed the At breakup. The the are, are you back together? Oh. So you, it's like, oh, this is a long, drawn-out breakup. It's the long goodbye. You know the end is near, but you keep going to him. I mean, the man, I don't want to impugn his professional credentials, but, like, how good could he really be? Like, is he getting... <laughs> Is he getting any outcomes here? Like, have you improved? Yes, really dramatically. Sc screaming up and down the street about a stolen purse that wasn't stolen. In fact, what photo did you send me just before the show? A photograph of you and one of my dearest friends. In fact, my dearest friend, Mary Catherine Ham. At first, you thought it was an exculpatory photo. Then you realized it wasn't. So, uh, and I have to thank YY for holding this photo because he was the one that had it and just sent it to me today. So I oh, it was really like strategically I deployed. appreciate that yeah. during my trial. He did not bring this, this evidence. This could have been some intriguing evidence, honestly. Oh, my gosh. But um, I am holding a glass of white wine. You're with Mary Catherine Ham. Yes. Yep. And, I'm, and I'm holding a glass of white wine and I'm thinking in my head when I first see the picture. Oh, hello. Here we go. White wine. Yeah. But the problem is in the right hand, <laughs> I have a glass of red wine. Mm-hmm. So not only do I have red wine in my hand, but I have 
two glasses of wine. Yeah, you're double fisting, mm-hmm. and your secondary glass is red, the yeah. one that perhaps you're being more careless with. Totally. I'm. Yes. We might have to reopen this investigation. That maybe the timeline. Can we really confirm that the spill happened? After 11.36 p.m. I don't know. This is just more circumstantial evidence, Your Honor. We might seek an appeal at some point here. We'll we'll sit on that for a moment. Meanwhile, we were teasing before the break. Wall Street Journal story. Smartphone tips to avoid tipsy texting and posting over the holidays. Some people might know what we're talking about here. You've had a few drinks, as is very typical in December in particular, and you feel like you want to reach out to someone because you suddenly have this rush of emotion one way or another, or you see something on social media and you want to have your say, but your blood alcohol content is maybe a little bit high for responsibly engaging in either of these actions. They're giving you tips to maybe shut your capability off at a certain time if you know that you're drinking. There's ways to avoid this. And I felt like this story was in some ways laser focused on a member of our team. And I wanted to make sure that that member of the team read the story start to finish. Dan, tell us about your history on this. So let me preface this by saying this is not me anymore. Okay. I'm in a happy relationship. Okay. But in my 20s, I was notorious for, especially around the holiday times, if I'm drinking, I do get emotional anyways. So around the holiday times, I was notorious for maybe texting an ex at a, after maybe 11 p.m. Ah. saying n- nothing bad, just being like, Sentimental. Hey, like, hey, yeah, hey, how are you? How's thinking life? Thinking of you. Happy holidays exactly. to you. And just getting no response, obviously. Yep. Waking up to a response in the morning when I'm hungover and anxious, being like, please don't contact me. And that's the way wow. worse. Wow. Uh, that is okay. Yeah. So you've taken these tips to heart. It sounds yes, like. absolutely. That's I, good. I wish I had this back then. Is what I'm saying. Good point. No, I think that's a good point. I almost never do anything like this if I've had a few drinks. If I'm going to tweet, because people really get in trouble when they drink and tweet. Woo. I am like paranoid. If I know that I've had a few drinks, I am scrupulously editing those later night tweets. I probably should avoid them. But I make sure, like, I'm so paranoid about it. I go back. Before I send it, I'm like, let me save it in drafts. That's how I deal. And then there's Christine. And Christine points out she's not a tipsy texter. She's a drunken dialer. Can you compose yourself and respond? (laughs) I'm not liking you a lot today. You know that, right? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. But, I, well, to be fair, in my early 20s, texting really wasn't that big of a thing. Oh, they didn't have texts. They, no, they right, In your had. early 20s, it was like Telegram, right? So that takes that's a much more involved process. And in my early 20s, we didn't have social media. I'm serious. I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. We didn't have, no, think about it. I was 21 in 2001. Okay. So there was no Facebook. Yeah, that checks out. I got Twitter. Facebook. In 2003, it came, Northwestern was like one of the first 20 schools or something that got Facebook, and it was something never heard of, and then everyone had it in the span of like a week, and that was my freshman year. I didn't get Facebook until like probably 2010 or something like that. Maybe I had a MySpace, but- Are you active on Facebook? Yes. Okay, that's what most boomers are. Okay, so let's talk about this. With With the drunk dialing- you admit to this, mm-hmm. like if it's, let's say, 11 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and I see Christine the Sanctus in someone else's phone is Christine Benson. The <laughs> phone's ringing. That, by the way. Someone's calling and I say, okay, it's Christine. Either there's some sort of crisis in her life or the show mm-hmm. or more likely she just wants to talk and you get very chatty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like maybe should the plan for me, should the default setting be, if the phone is ringing after a certain time and it's you, should I text you to make sure everything, like not answer the call, text you to make sure everything's okay, and if you're like, no, call me, then I'm like, uh-oh, then I call you. Or if you're like, yes, 
call me back, then I know that I can avoid the whole situation. Yeah, totally. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to be fair, I, I no longer drink during the week. So um, I, I've it's thought- usually a weekend. Yeah. Well, I don't really call you on the week weekends. Well, unless. Yeah. And unless then I'll be this. like, guy, you know what we should do about the show? Oh, you have or- so many thoughts about the show <laughs> and just like life in general. <laughs> you know who I feel like bears the brunt of this? Let's bring in Quiet Wyatt. Because oh, oh, yes. Wyatt, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you must be on speed dial for Christine. How often does Christine call you? Well, I mean, we talk every day, but if you're talking about those kinds of calls, <laughs> yes, I do get a, quite a few of those. Uh-huh. And is that, do you answer them or do you just sort of pretend like you're away from your phone or be on quote-unquote airplane mode? Take a page out of Christine's book. I'm not going to lie. You're going to really enjoy this one. Is Once she called me and I did answer, but I was actually in the middle of reading the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> it's and like every so stereotype I, is coming true. So I put my phone on speaker and I just continued reading and listening at the same time. So I did a little bit of multitasking. Okay. Um, but you were it, reading, and just like occasionally you would unmute and say, uh-huh, okay, and she would keep going. That's actually pretty smart. We got to run. We're out of time. This is a fun home stretch. Tipsy texting. Oh, boy. Back here, same time, same place tomorrow from New York City. It's the Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show on this Friday as we close out the week here in New York City. GuyBensonShow.com, our website, Podcasts always free, including on the weekends, bonus Benson is the option there. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, wherever you get your podcasts, you know the drill. So last night we got a text message on our group chain. My group chain with this team on this show is more active than my group chains with most of my friends and family. Like, it is constant. And it's often quite entertaining. Some of it's just logistical planning. Hey, can you go do this? What's the plan for that? Who are we booking here or there? Like, I get it. But some of it is more colorful, let's put it that way. Although one use of the group chain that I failed to execute properly today was to ask Cookie to do me a favor. Instead, I texted her separately, as opposed to with Wyatt and Dan attached. I was running a little bit late. I was hoping that she could do me a favor and pick up lunch for me and my Coke Zero. So I texted her probably, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes before I was going to get to Fox. Radio silence in response, just nothing back from Christine. So I assumed she just hadn't seen it. So I then went to the little lunch store, got the things myself, and then said, never mind, I'm heading up. She said, no, I already got it. So we have double the Coke Zero, which is no problem. I'm having one right now. I will save another one for later. And then I got two soups, which actually turns out being fine because I gave one to Dan. I offered it to Christine. She didn't like the soup. It was not French onion soup, by the way, I will have you know, which she hates. This was a turkey chili soup. I had it. And then I offered the other one to Dan, who is literally still eating it. He's been, I guess, really savoring that over these hours. So what I should have done is texted it to the group so she felt like she had to acknowledge it to everyone so this miscommunication wouldn't happen. But all's well that ends well. And I'm not completely blaming Christine, but it's like 90% her fault. First of all, it was John. You And you you exaggerated there. You texted me at 1250. I wrote back to you at 1259. Okay. Already had it purchased. Wait, wait. You said okay? Yes. I texted you. The reason I didn't write back earlier was I was had a salad in my hand, put the salad down at the place, went and got the turkey chili, went and got the Coke, and then I wrote, okay. So I had texted it, heard no response for like 10 minutes, and then went and I got it myself. We must have missed each other by like a minute at this place. So I'm waiting. You did not confirm that you were doing this until you had already done it 10 minutes later. It was too late. It was just too late. It was not great communication on producer Christine's part. Well, and when did I? Am I supposed to be your food person on no. top of your producer? No. It and was, you also, I was being nice. I did it for you. And you also got me something else I'd asked for from a different store. I don't know if we could be best friends anymore. I'm not usually this 
sort of demanding in terms of please go get this, please go get that. I was just running behind today because I had to do a lot of writing at townhall.com in the hotel. And by the way, I was expecting to get over here super fast because I'm a block away. The tourists are everywhere. You can't get anywhere. And they're slow moving. They're stopping, taking photos constantly, which is fine. Good for the economy. Glad to see them back. It was depressing in this city around Christmas two years ago. I prefer this. But even getting one block, it's like you need advanced time planning. So my message is, Christine has been very helpful today on multiple fronts. I just needed a confirmation before I then went and spent an additional unnecessary $9.48. However, it's been, as I said, put to good use. The second chili repurposed. And the second Coke Zero, like— It's not going to waste, let's be honest. Oh, no, that will be consumed probably within two hours from right now. So it was actually a happy accident because you treated your engineer to a nice turkey chili. It's very good, thank you. You're welcome. I still had to pay for my own lunch. In fact, I'm going to say—I'm going to take—this is like out of Seinfeld and the soup dinner. I'm going to take credit for your soup, so you're welcome for my generosity, Okay, Dan— and then Christine just had a miscommunication with me from my suit. Something is happening today, and it's not good, and Cookie ain't happy. And I want—well, you're all welcome. How about that? I will say that this makes up for one of your five spills from last weekend. Is that fair? Do you accept that gift? I, oh, I do. Okay, so I do. I'm just being so generous today. There's just so much generosity. You know what? It's Christmas time. Merry That's why. Christmas. Merry Christmas, one and all. How did we get? Oh, I know why. I know why we're talking about this. We were talking about the group text chain. That's what happened. On the group text chain last night, which is how I tried to start this stupid segment, Christine sent us a screenshot of a product that I did not know existed. But this product is, I, like, I was wondering, like, did she invent this? Did she write the company and come up with this herself? Because if you could ever micro-target a specific item to one human being, it's this, and it's producer Christine. What is it, Christine? It's the box of wine inflatable for outside for the holiday time for Christmas decorating. <laughs> I mean, I honestly... Nothing speaks to me more than this. Would it you is say? a Christmas lawn inflatable of Franzia boxed wine. <laughs> can I tell it's you? It's perfect. Did can you I get tell it? you something? Bobby really wanted to go buy a box of wine to bring last weekend to the party. Well, he didn't. So you saved some money, perhaps to be put toward this new inflatable. That's true. Although we did bring a very, I hope you save it for New Year's, a very fancy champagne. We did see that. We're very excited it's about a good that. One. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, listen. You I'm don't have open. a house anymore. You don't have a lawn to put the Boxo wine on. I can put it on my patio. Is it that small? It looked pretty big. My, it could fill up the patio. I haven't decorated the back yet. Okay, you could do that. Or how about this? Why don't you inflate it as, like, you know in those commercials, I think it's Lexus, people come out. On Christmas morning from their giant mansions and it's snowing and everything's perfect and they're in their pajamas and they've got their hands over their eyes and then surprise and they open there's a giant bow on a brand new car. How about you do that to Judgy Joyce but it's a boxo franzia inflatable on her lawn? She would not be happy. Definitely wouldn't be calling me a blessing. I'm telling you that right now. She would. <laughs> oh, I would have to record it. But can I tell you something uh -huh. about that? Yes, um, you may. Car. First of all, that would be a dream. Not my first dream. We all know my first dream. Do we? Yeah. Dark bar, bright oh, sunny oh. day. Well, that's different than a dream. No, I haven't done it. So, like, I think about it a lot. I do. That was just what you wanted to do when the pandemic ended. That's oh, not no, like no, your dream. I still want to do it now. You know what? Let me be generous one more time. You're going to you're going to do it with me. Well, no, I was going to get you a brand new Lexus, but instead, because it's wow. second down on your list, instead, I will even more generously based on your definition, I will pay for one drink for you in a dark bar on a sunny day. I mean, that's right down the street anywhere in New York City. That's here. right. Like any that's right. place. I'm just sort of mystified that she's like, "Well, yes, getting a brand new car on Christmas would be great, but 
What I really want is a, is day drinking in a dark bar. But go on. I think that commercial is not realistic. I have very, very strong opinions about that commercial. It's not realistic at all. Do you know how many fights would happen outside in the driveway if a husband made that purchase without consulting his wife? Well, I think but now that we're on this topic, now that I'm thinking about this, overall, I would agree. However, you look at the types of houses that these people are coming out of. There are not fights or concerns about money in these houses. These are rich people buying Lexi on a whim and buying a giant bow to put on top of it, by the way. That thing's got to cost hundreds of dollars unto itself. So I think for an average American family, like, surprise, I bought a car with no input. It would be like, you did what? I think for these well-to-do, well-heeled Christmas families, it's just like, oh, wonderful, Let's put it in the garage before we go on our private jet to the Bahamas for New Year's. I think that's sort of the vibe that they're going for. Well, it's like probably their fifth or sixth car anyways. So that's right, at least. Matter. Right, yeah. it's a December to remember. Bum, 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 bum. I feel like, what would Bobby's version of this be? Like, here's a 2004 Corolla for you, Cookie. It's less than 100,000 miles on it. No, I think... The appropriate version of this for you would be, all right, open your eyes, surprise, Merry Christmas, and it's a pony. We all know how that would end. We would have another true crime story here on The Guy Benson Show. If you haven't heard our true crime story, The Spill, go back earlier in the week for our multi-part series on that spill at the Christmas party. Enjoy it. Bonus Benson over the weekend. It'll be in there as well. I guarantee you that. GuyBensonShow.com. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Have a great weekend. Back here on Monday from D.C. back home. It's the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.